what's happening you know the deal blake's take back at you with another episode coming with all the latest and greatest local and national sports so let's get right into it we have a huge deal another blockbuster insane trade deal for an incredible player in the MLB, we have some huge news with all-star third baseman Nolan Arenado being traded from the Colorado Rockies to the St. Louis Cardinals. St. Louis gave the Rockies in return left-hander Austin Gomber and four minor leaguers to give the Rockies infielders Elitrius Montero and Mateo Gill, along with right-handers Tony Lucie and Jake Somers. As part of the trade, Colorado will send cash to St. Louis to offset part of the money Arenado is due in his contract. Arnado had been sent to be paid $199 million over the remaining six seasons of his $260 million eight-year contract. As part of the agreement to waive a no-trade provision, Arenado, Arenado get, gr agreed to add a season to his deal, which now extends for seven seasons through 2027. His deal had given him the right to opt out and become a free agent after the 2021 season, but now with his new contract, it gives him the right to opt out and become a free agent after as early as 2022 or 2023. The Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Mazalik, said in the statement, Many have heard me say that one of my great things about baseball is that you always have a chance to get better. Today, we got better. A deal of this nature acquiring a player like Nolan's considerable talents are the ones that can set you apart in many ways. The 29-year-old Arenado has hit 293 with an 890 OPS over the eight seasons he's been in the league, averaging 35 home runs and 114 RBIs per 162 games. Aided in part by the hitter-friendly course field, of course, he has led the National League in home runs three times and topped the majors in RBIs twice. Arnauto will bump Matt Carpenter out of the role as third baseman and play an infield with all-stars Paul DeJohn as shortstop and Paul Goldschmidt as first base. Arnauto slumped during the pandemic-shortened season, though, in 2020, hitting just 253 with eight home runs and a 738 OPS over 48 games before going on the injured list on September 21st with a bruised left shoulder. However, defensively during the 2020 season, he was absolutely fantastic when he's in eighth straight gold glove and leading the majors with 15 defensive runs saved. Colorado general manager Jeff Riddick acknowledged last offseason that he was listening to trade offers for the five-time All-Star and Arenado said in February 2020 that there's a lot of disrespect around there and there's no relationship anymore between him and Riddick. Like former Rocky star Troy Tulowitzki and Matt Holliday before him, Arenado grew tired of losing, especially in the NL West division ruled by the Los Angeles Dodgers, reigning MLB champs, World Series champions. Every year they have been the, uh, the top of the big leagues, and the Colorado Rockies have just suffered in that. It's a struggling situation for Colorado, but not so much for the St. Louis Cardinals, with them bringing back much of the same team that made last year's postseason, but they lost to the Padres ultimately, including veteran pitcher Adam Wainwright, who finalized an $8 million contract one-year deal Friday, as well as all-star catcher Yadier Molina, Molina, 
remains a free agent. The 38-year-old could still return for an 18th season with the Cardinals after hitting 262 with the four home runs in 2020. In the 10 years since the Platinum Glove Awards were introduced to honor the best field regardless of any position in each league, Milena and Arenado are tied for the most with four each. That is insane to have two players of that defensive caliber on one team. So what a great trade for the St. Louis Cardinals in this one. They get an outstanding player, one of the game's best, especially in the infield, no doubt. And with losing little to none key pieces from last year's playoff push, this infield is now filled with three and potentially four if Milena returns. And will be absolutely dominant in the keeping hitters from getting on base. Just a great deal for the St. Louis Cardinals. The Rockies just keep letting players go because of their poor management in the front office and their lack of being able to hold players long term. I mean, heck, Arenado just signed a three, uh, eight-year deal just two years ago, and now he's already out and having to go to another team, and the Rockies are going to have to fill that money uh, with, with losing the players. So very unfortunate situation for the Rockies, but I am very, very excited to see how the St. Louis Cardinals do this year with all those great infielders and the incredible stick that they now have with Arenado and hopefully Milena if he returns. As far as the NBA... Fred Van Fleet of the Toronto Raptors had himself a night last night, scoring 54 points in Toronto's 123-108 to victory over the Orlando Magic. That is the most ever by an undrafted player in NBA history, surpassing Moses Malone's record of 53, as well as besting DeMar DeRozan's single-game franchise record of 52. Van Vliet sled, unbelievable. I'm very humbled and honored to be in the same sentence as both of those guys who finished the game 17 for 23 from the field, 11 for 14 from three-point line, and 9 for 9 from the foul line. He also had three rebounds and two assists and three steals and three blocks in the 37 minutes he had. Just an incredible night. Obviously, a lot of different levels, he said, so just trying to enjoy it for now, but it's not like a championship or anything like that. It was a good game for me, but I'll enjoy all that for a little couple of hours and get ready for the next one. Van Vliet had 17 points in the first quarter, 28 by halftime, and then reached 46 by the end of the third quarter. A pair of free throws and three layups in the fourth allowed him to surpass both Malone and DeRozan to go into the record books. Given the way Van Fleet and the Raptors played throughout this game, it would have been understandable for someone who didn't see the box score to think it was just a run on the mill. Good game for Van Fleet. He took only 23 shots, and his teammate Kyle Lowry and head coach Nick Nurse all said it was a noteworthy after the game how easy the game came to Van Fleet. Van Vliet said afterward that DeRozan, his former teammate, would text him every time he had a big game like this previously and that DeRozan would tease him for not getting the record of 52 points. After the game, DeRozan posted a tweet congratulating Van Vliet and also picking on Kyle Lowry for not doing it himself, saying the veteran was too old to do so. I seen Namar sent out the tweet saying I was too old to get, I get it, and I am, Lowry said with a smile, but my two guys, Namar and Freddie, have the records, and even Terrence Ross is in there, and I was able to witness all three of those 50-point games. They are all very special to me and dear to my heart. Tonight is a really special night because it came together from a kid who was undrafted, worked his way up to be an NBA player and an NBA starter, and possibly this year, even an all-star and all-defensive player. That's what makes it really special. 
Indeed, it was special, Kyle. Well put. And I love to see that all of these teammates and former teammates in DeMar, De DeMar DeRozan celebrating such a well-deserved and hard-earned accomplishment. I mean, coming from an undrafted Wichita State to now potentially an NBA All-Star just surpassing records. It is an incredible story, and it just shows to all of you out there to stay motivated, and then anything can come true, no matter the circumstances, as long as you believe in yourself believe in yourself and let your imagination take off, you can accomplish anything. So congratulations to Red Van Fleet. Incredible inspiration to all players and all players in the league showing that they can do anything. You went from an undrafted uh, free agent to now a potential NBA All-Star and breaking records and topping players like DeMar DeRozan, a incredible franchise player. And no disrespect to him, just an incredible performance by you, Fred Van Fleet. And I'm so glad that you're making your way up to the top. As far as college football, National Signing Day today, boy, oh boy, it looks like the Crimson Tide are going to keep staying at the top. After their hefty pickup today, Alabama, after the first day of a final signing period for the recruits of the class of 2021. They finished number one ranked class overall and potentially Nick Saban's best since joining the Crimson Tide. The Crimson Tide were able to keep ESPN 300 running back Cameron Wheaton from flipping to Oklahoma and they signed ESPN 300 safety Teron Arnold to finish with 22 ESPN 300 commits. 22, you heard me right. The e that includes three five-star recruits and 13 prospects ranked in the top 100. Top 100. Oh my gosh. Saban's message to me was just, why not come to a winning program? I mean, am I right? Arnold said this ESPN telecast that aired on the announcement. The competition level there is high-level competition. And if I feel like I'm one of the best players in the country, why not co go compete with the best of the best? As far as other teams' success on the day, Ohio State didn't add any recruits in their signing day as the staff is waiting for a decision from five-star defensive tackle JT Tumaloyo, the number four prospect overall. How long he plans to wait is up to the air, up in the air, but he is considering Ohio State, Alabama, Oregon, Washington, and USC. Ohio State uh, is just trying to figure out what they'll do with that five-star. It's a big pickup if they can get him, especially for their defensively. So I'm excited to see how they do there. As far as Oregon, they picked up some great picks, moving up into the top five with cornerback Avante Dickerson, the number 49-ranked prospect overall, and one of the only four recruits left uncommitted in February inside the top 50 of the rankings. Oregon has steadily been in the rise in recruiting rankings over the past few cycles under coach Mario Cristobal and the 16 ESPN 300 commits. And this class is the most for the program has signed since the ESP3 ESPN 300 started back in 2013. So it looks like the Ducks are going to keep building up on their young team as they always do in the successful recruitment process. Oregon requires several recruits and their program just keeps getting better and better and their young talent carries them over to put them in potential playoff spots each and every year. I mean, they were just a game away. If they wouldn't have lost to Arizona State that few years back with Herbert, they would have been in the playoff. And this year was just a little bit of stumble with the COVID-19 and all their issues there. 
They lost a few games to Oregon. They ultimately won the Pac-12 championship for somehow luck from Washington and the Huskies. But they can keep building on. And once COVID's gone and they got a full season, they're going to be a very good. They're still at the top of the Pac-12, three straight Pac-12 championships. So I'm very excited to see what the Oregon Ducks will do and how they can continue to improve and develop these really young players into extremely high-level athletes. As far as local sports, tonight there will be, tomorrow night, there will be a football athlete parent meeting at 7 o'clock. It will discuss what the heck football is going to look like this for the Warriors this year. So I'm very interested to see what Mata is going to say and what is going to happen with our football season for these athletes. I mean, are we actually going to get a football season or is it just going to be the practice or cancellations? I hope it's not. These athletes have been through the ringer. And if we can play competitive football, this is going to be insane. These guys haven't had competitive football regardless of all the athletes in over a year. And that's going to be a little bit of tough for all these athletes coming back off of this huge layoff of no sports. These guys are normally in school, normally weight training at the high school with the weight training classes. And they're just getting better and better each day and going out there to practice each and every day. And with this big year long break for athletes and high schoolers with online school and all of this, it's going to be a tough break to get right back into it. For a lot, a lot of these athletes who haven't participated in a lot of athletic competition or physical uh, acceleration in a lot in a while, so we'll see how they will be able to come back. I hope they come back strong, get into strong condition if they do have some legit competitive games. So we'll see how it turns out. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Blake's Take. Appreciate all the support on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or YouTube. If you could sub subscribe to the channel, that would be great. Look, keep up to date on all the local and national sports that you would like to enjoy each and every day. Hope you have a good one and I'll see you all tomorrow.